Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful pop culture podcast. And now, across this powerfully oaken desk is Johnny Rage. Hello, Dags. This is actually Dr. Drake. Uh, Johnny lost a wagon wheel on the trail on his way in tonight. And, uh, you know, I was just down the trail and I figured I might stroll along and... Uh, Share some awesome news about some things we've been working on. Thank you for having me. Yes, kids, we have a powerful guest today in the barn, Drake. What's up? Not much. It's uh, it's a nice, beautiful night here in the farmland, and um, I'm real glad to be here. It's nice and cozy down here. Yeah. What do you think of the barn? It's uh, it's beautiful. I uh, I definitely get down with all the uh marvel that i see behind me and we got jesse looking out looking over the uh powerful oaken desk making sure that uh we're behaving ourselves which we may we may not be yes raise the barn roof we're here now drake you are a powerful expert in the restaurant business you work as a manager in the restaurant business also powerful home brewing oh, i want yeah. to talk about that tell tell the kids a flock of amish about the great new uh home brew you're making right now well ladies and gentlemen we have come together with uh drake or king drake brewing and the amish baby machine came together to make this very powerful uh some would call it a brunch stout an imperial brunch stout uh it is just about 11 percent uh, an imperial stout is just an amazing powerful dark winter uh ale and we added a whole lot of coffee from uh, Kona, favorite island over there in the Pacific, and some awesome chocolate. And then we aged it with some uh, bourbon barrels or chopped up bourbon barrels, I should say. Kind of cut a little corner there, but it's going to be equally as delicious. It uh, is going to be an amazing brew. It's in the middle of bottle conditioning right now, so we're still about three weeks out. Can't wait to actually try it. Uh, it's sitting there in the corner of the room, and, uh, you know, I... I <laughs> Uh, every once in a while, I just want to crack open that corner and throw one on ice and see what it tastes like, but got to wait for that final product. Yeah, I bet. How how long does it take to get ideally optimal tasting? Honestly, it's about six weeks for a proper brew. Uh, two weeks uh, after your actual brew day is what we call fermentation, where the yeast, which was one of the main four ingredients of beer, goes and eats all the sugars that you created over your brew day and uh, turns all that sugar into what we know as alcohol. It's actually the, uh, the crap from the yeast is the alcohol. So <laughs> delicious. Yeah. It's doubly delicious. Eat shit. It's wonderful. <laughs> so the, the powerful name of this brew is going to be 
Amish Sasquatch Bender. Yeah. That came to me in a in a dream. I was eating lots of macaroni and cheeses, <laughs> too many carbs. I passed out, had vivid dreams, and then I came up with the name. All right, now let's talk about macaroni and cheese. Now, are you a craft guy? Are you a, a Velveeta? What uh, what kind of mac and now, cheese? Now, see, I, I enjoy the craft macaroni and cheese, the powder, the... Oh, you yeah. know, the phosphorescent powder? <laughs> yeah. I think it was made in Nuketown because it glows. It has an, you know, a otherworldly glow. But you know what happened? What they did is they, they came up with, it's all natural now. Yeah, I saw that on the boxes. Yeah, uh, it's all, I don't know, it's like ground up beetles or something to get that yeah. cool, cool <laughs> color. The cheese. I don't know, what do they use, turmeric or something? Yeah, it's, some, it's probably turmeric. It's some powerful anti-inflammatory uh, <laughs> herb. But anyway, it's good. Yeah. It, it's not bad. I thought it would it'd be weird, you know, going natural. But I like that. In fact, that's my life hack is to take the, the powdered macaroni and cheese and then mix it with uh, different pasta. Oh, all right. Yeah, you all take right. your uh, uh, whatever you like, your fettuccine, your... Uh, your uh what are some of the other ones like uh fusilli the cavatappi yeah and like rigatoni and yeah. uh, penne and yeah exactly any of those sure you mix it with that little butter a little milk and then you get macaroni and cheese plus you get the cool el dente uh pasta so okay so for me growing up there was always the craft macaroni and cheese that was the standard in my house but for i don't know whenever we got the spiral mac and cheese to me it always tasted better I don't know if there's actually something different in the sauce, but to me, whenever I had that spiral mac and cheese, it always tasted better. You know, going back to what do you th- was it now? Was it the Velveeta or just the regular? Just the craft. Okay. When you get the craft spirals, it was the powder. It's got to be the powder. Yeah. It's got to be they they altered it a little bit, you know, because they charge more for the spirals, so they get a little you get a little better flavor that first time you try it, and then you're hooked. Well, it's weird because on. Uh... On noodles, you know, it's all just semolina, durum flour, sure. but it has to do with the shape. It tastes different. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So they, yeah, I think you're onto something. And you're talking about Velveeta? No, I'm not. No, the, I'm talking oh. about when you're asking me about Velveeta oh. versus the powder, you know? Yes, yes, yes. You know, I don't like the Velveeta. It, it, it was a fancier one. You know, they had, back in the day, it would come in some cool, like, you know, Devo pack, you know, some <laughs> aluminum foil thing. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Or they even had a can back in the day. Really? Yeah. And you just kind of slapped the log out of the can? <laughs> yeah, but I, I actually prefer the powder. The Velveeta cheese is a little too, it's like Elmer's glue to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you doctored it up, put some uh, shredded real cheese in there. Yeah, get a little Parmesan cheese yeah. in there. Uh, but I got, I got to go with the, with the box powder. Okay. No, definitely. Uh so what were we talking about again? How yes. do you get a mac and cheese? From I know beer? it's powerful. They, what, <laughs> you know, welcome back, guys. We were uh, we missed a couple episodes due to powerful polar vortex. I don't know what that means, but we that's what caused this uh, power outage with this various. Just what is a polar vortex? Is like a tornado, like a snow tornado. It's like a, like a white. So tor- you know, storm from the X Men. She's up there in the clouds and she's whipping up some uh, some nasty weather for us. And uh, she unleashed, well, what, did we get down to, what, negative 50 here? I don't know. I don't do math. But it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. You know, they had the, the trick, and when it's really cold out, you take a cup of boiling, boiling water, and then you throw it up in the air, and it oh, yeah. turns into ice shrapnel, and it just comes down. And, <laughs> but it's, the, the theory is you throw it up in the air, and then it just turns into snow. 
Well, so here's the deal. Now, we were going to go and film this, and uh, we had uh, a minor technical difficulty. Uh, brought the boiling hot water out there and uh, went to go whip it into the air and accidentally tossed it all over the phone. And, wow. Uh, you know, let's talk about uh, technical difficulties. Um, you know, you got to be careful when you're in your uh, extracurricular activities. You got to make sure you're maintaining safety parameters. And uh, unfortunately, we went over the wall on this one. Uh, I'm sorry about that. What I used to do was cool to light fireworks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you light it on the stove and then you just throw it out the back door. <laughs> uh, and then you get it, you, you hold the firecracker and you get it up, you know, you're cranking your arm back. Yep. It's right by your ear and then it goes off. Oh, yeah. So there, there you lose your eardrum and your finger. <laughs> and you get that. Those were the, uh, the black cats. Yes, black cats are powerful fire. They, they used to have lady fingers back in the day, and then they had the black cats. Okay. Yeah. The most powerful firework back in the day was the M80. Yeah. Now, they pulled those off the shelves, didn't they? Yeah, they have all these fake ones now, like the M1000s, and, yep. and they have a, just a little drop of flash powder in there. <laughs> and they make them red, and they make them, you know, like the size of a toilet paper tube, so you think you got something cool, but they're oh, not. Yeah. The real M80s, they were like a... Quarter stick of Hiroshima, I think. Yeah, I. Uh, is it I Hiroshima or it Nagasaki? Like a, a stick of dynamite. Yes, I remember finding a stash of them, and my dad had them in an old Folgers coffee tin, one of those old rusty metal tins. And I peeled the top back and found them in there, and uh, they were old and brittle and flaking, and I probably would have blown myself up. But uh, my dad busted in on me, and uh, it was short lived. <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty powerful, the M80s. So it was the M80, and then you had a cherry bomb. Oh, yeah, cherry bombs. The cherry bombs were epic. You could actually lay them on the grass, and they would dig a crater. Yeah. Yeah, I can, uh, I can attest. I have uh, put, well, only a couple M80s, but definitely black cats. The test for me as a kid was see how many black cats you can put into like random fruit objects and blow them up in the backyard. Yeah, that's cool. Another trick is you take a, a can, like a soup can, you pop a hole on top with a nail, you put the firecracker in the hole, <laughs> then you have a, a shallow pan of water, you put the, the, the open can, the open part, in the water, and when it goes off, it'll launch about oh, yeah? 50 feet in the air. Man. Yeah, it's powerful. Powerful firework hacks. Yeah, speaking of you know powerful firework hacks, this is the perfect weather to get bottle rockets and smack a hole in the ice on the lake and sh- launch the bottle rocket under the ice, and you can watch it fly across. And yeah, and it makes that go. T- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool, yeah. And then the next one down from the cherry bomb was a silver salute. Okay. Powerful. I'm not, yeah. I'm not familiar with yeah, the silver salute. Yeah, I think they, they stopped making it because of the amputation problems, but it was cool. <laughs> Too many lost fingers. Now, going back to the beer is now... You're starting a new brew after the uh, Amish, Amish Sasquatch Bender. You're, you're cooking one up right now. What is that? Oh, yeah. So right now I'm cooking three beers. Uh, Ooh, so, scratch that. Three beers. So with the winter blues we got going on, I uh, had to bust out a wheat beer shandy, uh, which a lot of the, I know a lot of the flock out there love these. Uh, Lining Kugels makes it. They call it a summer shandy. Uh, local brewery here in town, Bauhaus makes it it's called short pants it's just you know a typical wheat beer it's an ale but uh brewed with a whole lot of lemon sometimes lemonade so it's kind of sweet it's a great summer refreshing beer 
but you know it's also great in these winter months when you're trying to get a little flashback to that beautiful weather that we don't have right now you know i think it's funny that a lot of the hardcore beer people they they shit on the you know the mass market like the oh, yeah. shandies and all that but then i think it's funny because then the then the they start trying to brew them yep exactly yeah so do you think there'll be like a uh, cool budweiser brews and <laughs> <laughs> well it's, okay so it's funny so budweiser teamed up with jim beam and they aged a bunch of their budweiser i think it was their their red lager in these jim beam barrels red lager at night <laughs> oh! <laughs> and they put a different name on it. They didn't tell anybody, and then they started distributing these kegs to the market. All these craft beer bars started buying up these kegs and selling this bourbon barrel-aged lager, and everybody went crazy for it. And then one day I was doing some research online, and I thought, you know, I heard about this collaboration with Jim Beam and Budweiser, but, you know, I never really saw anything of it. Well, they came up with a clever name, Nobody ever saw it coming. They bought right into it, not even realizing it was Budweiser. It was just Budweiser aged and Jim Beam barrels. I know. That's the funny thing, too. <laughs> it's like the, the old, uh, back in the day, there was a Pepsi challenge. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can just imagine the, the man on the street where they have the cans covered up. Oh, yeah. And they go, which one do you like better? <laughs> and then, what if I told you that was Budweiser? <laughs> yeah, because people get all hung up on on names and shit and like you know where it's from or if, if you fucking enjoy it enjoy it exactly don't get all hung up on what it is well you know so to be fair um i am a huge craft beer drinker but at the same time i think you have to give a lot of respect to these big name breweries um let's talk about miller for instance so miller makes a beer called miller high life um awesome they call it the champagne of beers champagne of beers <laughs> it's fancy you know even around new year's or new year's time they put it in those big champagne bottles with corks and they let you you know shake it up and pop the bottle so it's it's the fancy it's the it's the high life you know you're living the high life you anyway. are you're living the amish baby machine high life but johnny rage enjoys that oh yeah yeah well it's a popular beer and you got to give it up to him because they've been making enough brew for the entire country consistently for how many years how long has miller been around two to three years two to three years i mean that's that's a hell of a time and they've been consistently brewing this beer same recipe same beer time after time and you got to give it up to these guys for not you know they're doing they're giving you consistent product and that's something that a lot of these small breweries can't do you know, they try and brew the same recipe week after week, and every time it's coming out different. They got those cool steroid horses, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, big powerful. They're always clopping and pulling stuff. And why don't, why don't we have powerful horses like that for the buggy? Uh, so here's the deal. Um, I'm sure most of the flock out there have seen uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Classic. Um, you know, tonight when I was riding in, uh, my man with the coconut halves uh, got stuck in the snow. So it was a quiet ride, uh, but, you know. Quiet riot. <laughs> you know, you wonder how many people in this country with that polar vortex had to deal with that snow, too. Oh, right. my God. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pain in the ass. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say right now, I believe in climate change. Me clean, uh, changing my climate to something tropical. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely get behind yes. that. Sunny beach somewhere. Sunny beach. Back to the brews. What are, what are the hot, you know, the IPAs were hot for the kids. Oh, yeah. What's like the hottest beer now? Honestly, so 
it's still IPAs, but they're hazy IPAs. So traditional beers were nice and clear, but now these new hazy IPAs are brewed with oats, um, you know, just your standard r- rolled oats like you have in your Oh, not hauling oats? <laughs> not hauling oats. Okay, but, let uh, me get in one more joke. Hazy Shade of Winter, powerful mm-hmm. song by the Bengals. Yeah, or uh, what about A Whiter Shade of Pale? Ooh, yes. Ooh. So I just had a tap feature at my bar, and it was called A Hazier Shade of Pale, and it was all hazy IPAs. Because, honestly, the market's still demanding it. They're still in huge demand. So uh, I would say I sell 60% of my beer are going to be hazy IPAs still, even in the middle of winter when everybody's going for these stouts. Now tell the kids uh, what makes it a hazy IPA. All right, so they're called New England IPAs. Um, This beer style originated over there in New England. You had uh, Trillium Brewery over in Boston. It came out with these amazing beers that look like orange juice, and they kind of play on... Let's go back to the kids of today that are drinking this beer. So 20, 30-year-olds grew up on a ton of sugar, like myself, grew up on a ton of sugar. They're playing on your sweet tooth. Not only does this you know, glass look like a glass of orange juice, it's damn juicy. It tastes just like juice. And uh, they're definitely playing on the sweet tooth that you know, we grew up in in our generation. So there's a whole lot of sugar in these beers. And uh, they're they're mighty delicious, <laughs> but you know at the same time, it may be the turning of the haze craze, because you know there's a lot of breweries that are trying to get back to the traditional brews, you know the traditional ales, trying to get back to the you know so the, going back to the basics. Yeah, they want to take it back to the basics. A lot of the brewers think you know it's blasphemy brewing these hazy beers. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you with the powerful manliness do a lot of them want to get back to a beer versus adding all this shit all these fruits and colors and oh yeah so there's a a brewery up in big lake called lupulin now they just came out with a beer about a month ago called uh how'd they call it it was make beer piney again and it had uh it was a sweet can you know red white and blue can and it, it had like where the the face of Donald Trump is, you know, because make America great again. Yes. So it's got this silhouette of Donald Trump's face, but it's got the beer can in the middle and, you know, his nice hat. And on the hat, it says, make beer piney again. So when IPAs first came out, they were loaded up with hops. Hops are very resinous. They have very uh, a very piney taste to them. And then, you know, hop breeders got crazy, came up with all these new... Um, hop breeds or hop you know uh, blends that are very tropical and juicy and they got away from the original ipas Uh, original ipas were in your face bitter um if everybody knows surly furious the surly a local brew yeah so in in minnesota yeah surly really uh they opened up the craft beer scene here in minnesota you know it's just like you know one day somebody's going to look back at surly like you know, the, the Miller or the cores of the craft beer world here in Minnesota because, you know, they helped bring in legislature that made it possible for breweries to open and distribute their own beer here in the cities. And uh, right now it's honestly friggin' amazing to be a part of this community. Uh, the beer community in Minnesota is just ever-growing. It's extremely competitive, but at the same time, it's forcing these guys to be just 
wizards when it comes down to brewing beer and they're coming up with crazy new things every day is there beer beefs between breweries kind of like the east coast west coast rappers oh yeah so there's definitely uh when it comes down to ipas there's west coast style ipas and there's east coast ipas uh like i said those east coast ipas are nice and hazy and juicy west coast ipas they're clear piney in your face you know resinous dank as you would say oh the kids love the dank well you know it's the west coast you know the west side you know los angeles california Mm. they love the dank beers lbc yeah long beach (laughs) but there's definitely uh there's you know that throwdown and then there's also you know the unspoken throwdowns these beer or these breweries are always trying to one-up each other they're always trying to come out with something that's better than the last guys uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, 15 of the same beer at a time because everybody's got to have their try at it. But uh, for the most part, you know, it's exciting for us as consumers because every time you walk into a liquor store now, it's like you're a kid in a candy shop. There's so many new products on the wall. You know what, you know what I kind of dig? And I think a lot of people do, obviously, is the graphics. Oh, yeah. What is like, what is like some of the early ones you remember, like the coolest, like you looked at that bottle or can, like, that's sweet. Well, okay, so... Let's stay on the Surly train for a little while here. We're so. staying on the train. We're not being derailed. <laughs> Surly has this uh, beer that would come out every around October, you know, right around Halloween time called Surly Darkness. So that was their annual release, Russian Imperial Stout. The bottle labels were always like uh, like something out of a horror movie, right? And they would always get local. Hor- I like horror movies. Oh, I love horror movies. Oh, horror movies. Horror movies. Horror, oh, horror. sorry. I'm not good at spelling. <laughs> this this is the second time I had this uh, mistaken horror or horror movies. Today. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a common trend today. But, you know, they have these in-your-face, gruesome, dark, you know, powerful beer labels. Powerful. Very powerful beer labels. And, you know, now they're on their, what is it, their 10th or 11th year of having darkness. And they have to keep getting more and more creative. You know, they have the three-headed Hades, you know, the monster from, you know, ancient Greek mythology. Cool. Oh, yeah. But uh, so every year, you know, these guys have to keep coming out with more and more in-your-face, powerful, you know, intense graphics to make this beer what it is. You know, it was the first powerful imperial stout that was released here in the cities from Craft Brewery. But, uh, you know, that beer aside, it's pretty amazing what these guys are coming up with and putting on their cans because i think they found out that when you walk into a liquor store everything kind of blends in together on the walls so you have to have something that stands out so people want i want that beer kind of like this podcast the most powerful podcast ever created the amish baby machine podcast have you ever heard of another podcast with as powerful a name as this Ah, uh, you know, I listen to a handful of podcasts. I don't know if I've heard one as powerful as this one. No, you never have. And merch. You're talking about graphics and merch as I'm looking at this uh, powerful, what is that? La Crotch? How do you pronounce that? The sparkling water? That's La a, Crotch? It looks yeah. like La Crotch. I don't know. I don't, I think it's Spanish. But anyway, powerful podcast, powerful merch. We have new merch. I got, we got retro shirts. We got powerful cassette one. Uh, worshiping the cassette tape. We have one on uh, records. We got uh, the Amish Baby Machine logo. I got, we got tons of them. Go to our website, AmishBabyMachine.com. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at AmishBMachine. 
Instagram, go to Instagram, Amish Baby Machine there. Like our Facebook page. We're all over the internets. I'm on Twitter 24-7. Hit us up at Amish B Machine. We're on Spotify, so make sure you check us out there. Also, Apple Podcast, we're there. You can go there, leave a review. Five-star review is the best. If you leave a five-star review, it will unlock Secrets to the Universe. Also, we're on Stitcher Radio. Make sure you support this powerful podcast. Also, we do have a Patreon page, too, if you want to help us out. Go to patreon.com, or we have a link on the website. Help us out. Dollar a month, million dollars a month. We will accept it all. God bless you. You're listening to the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. So let's go back to the merch. So I saw this new powerful uh, design that you came out with. It's uh, very reminiscent of uh, something that you'd see on the back of a biker vest. Uh, I think it's a pretty badass design. I had to go ahead and pick myself up one of those shirts. Thank you for enjoying that. Yes, that's another... uh... I, di- I can't stop it. I'm so creative. They they just come to me, these ideas. Oh, it's the juices. You it the is juices the juice. Flowing. I know. I just did the, the powerful, yeah, the powerful biker shirt. You're going to love it, guys. It's uh, Check it out. It's got the cool uh, evil baby on there. Once again, uh, AmishBabyMachine.com. Yeah. So let's, uh, what are we talking about? Some beers? Yeah, we're talking about the beers. Now I want to go, now, uh, do you have that cool wax? Can you dip... Uh, the ABM beers in that wax. How does that work? Oh yeah. So now here's the deal. So I tried this uh, before with just wax. Turns out it doesn't work. It's not just wax that they use. So the brewers or the breweries, they get all these crazy colored waxes and they melt them down with glue sticks. Glue sticks are what actually keeps the wax from becoming dry and brittle and cracking. So the glue sticks is what, you know, almost rubberizes that wax and creates a good seal over the cap. So that's the key to making those. So you're going to score some of that for the Amish Sasquatch Bender? Oh, yeah. We just got to find a color. Yeah, what would be the ultimate color? What is usually red? Is red. That, that's a big one, right? Yeah, for the... I think red is the most powerful. Who's a, isn't there a bourbon out there? Is it the, uh, the mark of the maker? Yeah, Maker's Mark. Yeah, very oh, yeah. good, very good. With powerful, all that red powerful red. Oh yeah, I think the red's going to be the color of choice. We might have to infuse our own blood, Ooh. because uh, back in the day, Kiss, Kiss, you may have heard of them. Powerful band that's always uh, retiring every year. <laughs> they always have their final tour. <laughs> but, oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Kiss actually put their own blood into their comic books. Really? Yes. So I feel you're going to have to. Put your own blood into that. Man, let's let's talk about Kiss retiring. So when I was a young chap, you know, still still going to uh, the local school, I remember I was in 10th grade and Kiss was having their farewell tour. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I got my dad to, you know, fork out $75 a ticket so we can go to the show. And go to the show, you know, by far, it was the best show I had seen by the time, you know, I was in 10th grade. Lenny, let me uh, interrupt you. I'm going to grab a beverage here. Keep talking. All right. But uh, so Kiss always says they put on the greatest show on earth. You know, they put on one hell of a performance. And I got there and, uh, you know, Ace Freely is shooting fireworks out of the tip of his guitar at uh, Target's out in the air, you know, out in the middle of the stadium. It was It was amazing. I'm back, kids. But. 20 years later, 20 years later, 
Kiss is doing their final tour, they call it. How many tours have they done since then? When do you <laughs> think uh, it's time to hang it up? Do you think it's time to hang it up for those guys? I don't know. You know, Gene Simmons, very money hungry. Paul Stanley, very money hungry. Uh, the last two surviving original members, you know, they, they kicked, uh, is it Peter Chris and Ace Freely out of the band? Space Ace. Yeah, Space Ace. and uh, Yes, and the Kitty Cat drummer. Yeah. They kicked them out of the band. You know, it's money. You know, money, money creates greed. And, uh, you know, not to say they're greedy bastards, but they've been retiring for the last 20 years. <laughs> greed is good. I got to tell you, though, I do enjoy Gene Simmons' cola. Oh, yeah. Have you tried that? No, I haven't tried the cola. No, uh, I remember watching his reality show. Was that on VH1? Yeah, I don't know. I remember that, though. Yeah, that was pretty powerful. His cola, though, it's it's surprising. Like, a lot of times, like I said, when people make uh, colas, I was thinking I was talking to Johnny Rage about this, they, they're kind of generic tasting. But this one, sure. it was, I thought it was actually pretty good. Now, would you say, what would be your cola of choice? Is, are you a Pepsi guy or a Coke guy? You know, I go back and forth. I think, I think back in the day, way back before New Coke, Coca-Cola was so powerful. You'd, like, it would, you'd snort it through your nose and it would burn your nose. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. <laughs> and they, they, they must have backed off on the, on the acid or something in there. Because <laughs> not else. Uh, yeah, but... They must, because now, and then they went to the new Coke, and then everyone got mad at them, and they went back to the original recipe. Probably Coke. Pepsi's a little too sweet for me. Sure. I did enjoy, back in the day, uh, Royal Crown Cola. Oh, yeah, RC Cola. Yes, pretty good. Radio-controlled cola. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yes. Is Now, is RC Cola still available? Is that company still around? Uh, let me uh, look it up here. RC. I'm trying to Keep think. Talking. So RC Cola. We still don't have a Google boy, by the way. We are taking <laughs> applications. Sim At Amish B Machine, hit us up. Yeah, go ahead and submit those applications. Yep. Also looking for a water boy. Yes. Uh, I prefer reverse osmosis distilled water. I don't even know what that means. Um, That's offensive. Know, if you have any questions, go ahead and ask our previous I just water like boy. osmosis. Please don't reverse your, <laughs> your osmosis for me. Um, okay, so RC Cola. Don't they own Sunkist as well? I don't know, but it was introduced in 1905. Oh, yeah. Wow. 1905. History. RC Cola. I'm thinking they own Sunkist. What about Squirt? Remember that one? Gross. <laughs> Let me see here. Yes. So would you say Gene Simmons Cola is better than the Coke of your previous days? It was different. I got to, you know, I got, in fact, I got to try, uh, I got to try it again because sometimes, you know, you, it's like when you're hungry and you try something, oh, it was delicious. You went back and it's like, ah, oh, wasn't that good or whatever. Yeah. Or like a movie back oh, yeah. in the day and then you rewatch it. I'm going to ask you that question in a second. But I will try it again. But I, the first initial, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes, it was good. What was it called? Was it Money Bags? Yeah, Money Bags, I money believe. Bags. Yeah. So is it one of, uh, is it all natural sugar or that, uh, that corn syrup? I believe it's cane sugar. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Powerful. It's so funny now they they advertise, you know, back in the day it was sugar, it was sugar cereals, and then they did away with that. Oh, yeah. And then they came in with the, you know, the artificial sugars and the high fructose corn syrup. And now they're going back, they're going retro, and they're, like, labeling on their sugar. Like, it's a oh, good yeah. thing. <laughs> it's like sugar. Plenty of sugar in this can yes. for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I enjoyed the money bags. It was pretty good. Sure. So I wanted to ask you about, uh, as as the fans know about this podcast, it's uh, – 
just chaotically just going from subject matter tangents from but tangent it, yes tangent. tangent to tangent i wanted to ask you about what movie did you see back in the day that now doesn't hold up that you just you saw again uh let me think of what i've seen lately i mean is there any movie you can remember back in the day oh that was the shit and then you watch it recently like oh that kind of blows <laughs> Uh, honestly, uh, one that comes to mind right away was, uh, Stephen King's it. Now watching that as a child, I think, uh, I was pretty terrified, but now, uh, I, after that new one, after they remade it and they came out with that remake, I was like, okay, now I got to go watch the original again. Cause I couldn't remember it. You know, I barely have a memory of a week ago, but watching that over again, that is one of the cheesiest uh, is it? horror films I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> or thrillers. I I suppose it's a thriller. Let me ask you, um, what is your favorite Stephen King movie? Ooh. Favorite Stephen King movie. Or what's one of them up there? I mean, did you like uh Christine? Did yeah. you like Okay. Yeah. I uh so when when I was a teenager, I had a girlfriend named Christine and I introduced her to my dad and uh right away he brought up that movie. So you know, I up until that moment I hadn't seen the movie Christine, and uh, now I think I want to get a car and uh, you know a demonized car and name her Christine. That's cool. And uh, here's a powerful segue alert: You are the ultimate Renaissance man. You are creating in your barn as we speak. Ooh, yes. You are creating a powerful VW Bug. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish we're gonna go from. Food talk, beer talk, we're going to go to car talk. So uh, I've been known to create many things in my day. And uh, one of my current projects, I picked up a 1973 uh, Volkswagen Beetle, baby blue, in pretty decent condition. Um, by no means is it a perfect car. Um, but It's not a perfect world. Uh, it's not a perfect world. But uh, I always wanted a Beetle. Uh, my entire life, I always wanted one. Ever since I was a kid, that was one of those cars that, you know, you you see it drive down the street and, you know, they give you a thumbs up. You're, it makes everybody smile when you're driving down the street. Everybody, I feel like a lot of people at one point in their lives had a Beetle. Uh, very affordable car. Um, it's easy to work on. I mean, you could take the entire car apart with a couple of wrenches, a couple of screwdrivers, and a socket set. Uh, you got a weekend, you can take the car apart and rebuild it. But uh, so right now, I have chopped this car to shreds. Um, some people think it's blasphemy, <laughs> but I'm going to create something uh, pretty sweet. Um, I've had many convertibles in my day, but I want to make a, a two-seater roadster out of this, kind of like the old Porsche Speedsters. Powerful. Yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty sweet, powerful car. It's the, uh, it's the winter barn project. Nice. Now, we need to get... I don't know, a vinyl wrap, something on their ABM, yeah. something somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, so so the color of the car right now is this baby blue, but as I have chopped it up and welding it back together, uh, there's going to be a whole lot of bare metal on there. So I think at some point when I'm almost completed, I'm going to have to repaint that car, you know, a powerful black so it looks like the, the rat rod that I'm going for. Now, then, now this black, is it going to be uh, gloss, uh, matte, what kind of? No, honestly, I, I think I'm going to go with, like, the matte black. Not the flat black. The flat black, it's just, it, I don't know. The matte black has that nice sheen to it. You know, it's not super shiny. Yeah. 
But uh, it's got the nice sheen, and uh, I think it's looked pretty bad. Are we done with the Plasti Dip? I, I hope oh so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tell the kids about that yeah, fiasco. So, uh, a powerful, uh, very successful Minnesota product, Minnesota-grown, made in Minnesota, Plasti Dip. So this stuff, it's a rubberized coating that was invented to dip your tools in so you had a nice textured handle. And someone somewhere decided that you could thin this stuff out and spray it on things and then peel it off when you don't want it anymore. And they made this multi-million dollar business out of it. And these kids are painting everything, their cars, their wheels, with all these crazy colors of Plasti Dip. And uh, I don't know, it, it looks good for about a week. And then the edges start to peel back. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's... I would say it's for the people who have commitment issues. Could they use that for birth control? <laughs> I think they do. You know, okay. You, just, you peel it right off. Just dip your tool. <laughs> just dip the tool and then remove yes. it. Yes. When, when so finished. the reason I asked about that is because that, what was that finish? That Was that considered matte or was that just a? That was a matte finish. Um, yeah. They made, now if, if I'm not mistaken, they made, I think they called it Glossifier. You know, another formula that you could spray on top of it that would give it a nice shiny, you know, a glossy sheen. But uh, I don't know. It's just another way for them to get your money. <laughs> now, what stock engine is in the 1973 Beetle? So the 73 Beetle comes with a 1600cc engine. Uh, it's a whopping 42 horsepower, if I'm not mistaken. The uh, the, the diehard Volkswagen has, Yes, uh, yes. They're going to shoot me for this one. I, That's I fine. believe it's 42 horsepower. But uh, honestly, the car is, what, not even 1,000 pounds. So 42 horsepower is all you need to get up to 75. Uh, Four-speed automatic transition. Um, it's, you know, it's a car before cars got complicated. You know, you have a handful of wires on the car. There's not too many things that can go wrong. But if they do go wrong, you can fix it on the side of the road. You know, it's not computer driven like the cars of today. So, uh, it's fun. It's simple. Um, you know, all you need is a stereo, a car, and you know the open road, and you can have a good time. What's your timeline? When do you think you'll have this beast finished? I should have it finished. I want to say by April. Nice. It's you know it's running. I I pulled the engine. I worked on the engine. Got her back up in uh, top shape. You know, it's this car's over forty five years old. But uh, for what it is, it's in damn fine shape. But uh, I gave her a nice tune-up, and after I get this body work done, I'm thinking, you know, end of March, I'll get her back on the road. But so let's make this clear. I did chop the top off of this thing. So it is a convertible only. It doesn't have a top that can go back up. So this is a sunny day driver only. <laughs> <laughs> so is it street legal? Uh, definitely street legal. Um, I've done plenty of research into the laws. Um, while I chopped this, I did chop the actual supports for the windshield as well. But the new windshield that's going to go on there is called a Duval windshield, something that the old hot rods had on. But it's only about nine inches high. So in Minnesota, the law is you have to have a windshield come up to or just over where your eyeballs would be in the car. And as long as you have that, um, it would be street legal. Um, but for me, along with that law, if your windshield meets your eye level, you have to be able to have windshield wipers, but no windshield wipers or no wipers will actually work on a car windshield that short. You don't have to have like a roll bar in there or anything? Nope. 
No, so as long as you don't modify the frame of cars, you can do whatever the hell you want to them. That's one of the cool things about you know living in America. Uh, as long as you don't chop the frame of these cars, um, you don't have to get any special permits for them. That's going to be epic. What are you going to do with the tires? What what were the original tires? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, so I still have the original wheels. Uh, they are, I think they're 14-inch rims with those big, shiny VW dishes. Yes. Um, but the they half are moons or whatever, maybe yeah. four and a half inches wide. <laughs> wow. So if you're driving it down the highway and there's any kind of rain, there is no traction. But uh, they're, you know, they're, they're good for cruising around the city, you know, taking the back roads. Would you throw new tires on or, or do you want to keep that original? I, I really like the original rims. I like how those half moon. Um, but I mean, I, no, I meant the rubber. Can oh, you, the rubber? Yeah. Um, honestly, they do make wider tires. I would love to get some wider tires for it just for, you know, the sheer comfort of driving. <laughs> but if I'm not going to be driving it in the rain anyways, it, might, it may not be an issue for me. It's going to be epic. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Now, is this your first uh, major car project? No. Uh, ever, well, even before I had my license, I've been playing and chopping up cars. Um, <laughs> I had an old Chevy panel van, uh, very much, you know, the American version of a VW bus, the hippie van. And this thing had no windows in it. And I also chopped the entire roof off this van. And made it one gigantic convertible van, <laughs> and uh, it was it was the party bus for you know me and my friends growing up. Yeah, it's epic. <laughs> I remember one day I was working, we were working on trying to chop this roof off, not realizing how heavy all that steel is, because the difference between cars today and the cars back in you know the seventies and eighties is that back then they were actually made of steel. Now you know, like even the Ford and the Chevy pickup trucks, like. Anything you just tap something with the bumper, the bumper just gets everything just dents. Yeah, we don't you know? need crumple zones. Yeah, we don't need aluminum cars. Just give me some heavy gauge metal. Yes, you know, the cars were much heavy metal back then. I was looking at uh, an old Sears catalog from, I think it was the 30s. The underwear section. And they showed so cars didn't have seatbelts until what mid 1970s, 60s, somewhere in there. Seatbelts weren't required. They had these leashes for your child because baby seats, you know, they weren't a thing or weren't like they are today, I should say. And they had in the Sears catalog, it was a leash that would go around your child's waist and you could tie it to the seat. So your your kid's not running around the back seat. And it was for like a dollar and 50 cents. That's epic. I thought, what, what, that's, that was the, the, you know, the common or that was normal back then. Now think about the safety laws today. You can't go anywhere without your seatbelt on or else you're going to get a ticket. You know, can you imagine that back then? They used to have rubber bumpers on cars so you could bounce off of trees. <laughs> God, the good old days. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, it was at the Pontiac Grand, it was a Pontiac Grand Am, 1973 Pontiac Grand Am, same year as my Beetle. They actually made the thing with rubber bumpers came with a 455 uh was it two four barrel carburetors 455 what it was a, a beast. 455 i think it was one of the lar- if it was the largest uh showroom engine that gm put out in a car you know they used it in different a few different applications 
but they had it in 1973 in this Pontiac Grand Am. But my dad's best friend had it, and it came with rubber bumpers, so you could just bounce off the trees when you're crashing. <laughs> That's sweet. Rubber baby bumpers. Rubber baby bumpers. Sweet, dude. You know, thank you for coming down to the barn. This has been powerful. Oh, you're welcome. Powerful episode. We talked about beer. We talked about cars. Powerful. You know, you know, we appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast. God bless you. Thank you. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine podcast. The Amish Baby Machine podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher radio app available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved. <laughs>